0: Hi everyone, this is Catherine. So it has been a rough few weeks, especially the last week. There's been a lot of crazy stuff going on um, in our communities and just sort of in the world. So I just wanted to talk about trauma a little bit because our society is so traumatic. The society we live in, the way it's set up, capitalism and these oppressive systems and these hierarchies and just all of the horrible ways that we mistreat each other is insanely traumatic. I feel like everybody, the more you talk to people, the more you realize that trauma is just endemic to our culture and everyone is dealing with it. Pretty much everyone, unless you're just right up at the top there. And even then, I mean, our Mr. Trump seems to be losing his shit right now. This is just a very unhealthy situation for the entire world to be in. So how do we manage this trauma? How do we... What do we do when we're dealing with... When everybody is trying to manage this? And trauma is not pretty. It's not pretty. It comes out in all sorts of ways. It comes out in all sorts of really terrible ways, you know. It can it can really be a huge hindrance to our ability to work and our ability to move forward and our ability to just live, you know. So I wanted to talk about um, one of my mottos, one of the sort of the tagline of this show, which is a um, vocal ministry I was given during one of my earlier meetings, friends meetings after I had joined A Vocal ministry, in case you don't know, um, we Quakers believe that everybody has a direct connection to the divine, and we sit in silence in our meeting. Sometimes people will feel pushed to stand and give a vocal ministry as if we're all just pastors for one second. So this one that I was given um, was vulnerability in community is strength. I think that is very important. I think we need to talk more about it. We talk a lot about radical self-care, but I think we need to be talking also about radical vulnerability. So we are stressed. <laughs> we're, ta- we're living in this traumatic time, but also we specifically, anarchists, Antifa, um, radicals, leftists, anybody working in social justice right now, especially if you have an intersectional identity, um, things are really, really scary. I don't think we talk about it very much because it's too heavy, but literally uh, an increasingly fascist state considers us terrorists. The implications of that are really, really terrifying. You know, a friend of mine made a joke about, oh, after an action, like, after a protest, oh, good, you're back, you didn't end up in Gitmo. It's like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> like, oh, that's that's so funny. Uh, um, we're it's stressful. What we're doing, like trying to take on fascism, trying to take on horrific, homicidal, murderous people that want us dead, sort of on a daily basis, and and then also state repression on top of that. Um, we're it's stressful. It's can we, let's just admit to ourselves that this is stressful. What we're doing, <laughs> so. Um, but how that can come out sometimes is to each other, you know, like I've seen, when we talk about a sort of leftist infighting, we see a lot of people on the right infighting, but they're, cause they're vying for power and they're gross. Leftist infighting can also get pretty ugly and pretty sad because we do need each other, but we are working under incredibly stressful conditions and we're human, you know, and it happens. We fight. So, what do we do about this? And like how does it come out? One of the things that I've seen is because we're working sort of in specifically difficult conditions against a repressive state, we talk a lot about security culture, you know? But sometimes our security culture can get punitive and can get to a point where it is actually hindering our ability to do our work and our ability to live with each other in community. Um Sometimes we just tighten up, just in general, just kind of pull in to try and be strong. You know, um, close our doors to each other and to others and to new people, and it can be hard to sort of in this situation breathe and loosen up and get to this place of a little bit of vulnerability. You know, which I think, but we we need to we need to have some of that because. Um, if we can't trust each other at all, we can't work together. you know and um, that's very hard. Um, it's very hard. <laughs> so uh, it's something that we just need to consider what that balance is and how do we gain trust? how do we be trustworthy? How do we also sort of be able to understand that we're human and people make mistakes, you know, um, so that we don't eat our own tail. Right now, like I said, it's been a rough week and I've gotten through it. And how I've gotten through it is by having people reach out to me and me reach out to people in good faith and good communication to get through it. I spoke to one person specifically, um, who was so vulnerable with me. Um, They were amazing. We had this conversation to try and sort out this issue, and their just openness and vulnerability to me then gave me space to be open and vulnerable with them. And it has solved so many problems. That radical vulnerability with each other was scary, and it's also just solved an immense number of problems. Like, you wouldn't believe how helpful it was. <laughs> also, just on a personal note, in the last few weeks, me having, a few, having some hard time, somebody reached out to me on my Facebook page, just sent me a message saying, hey, you know, I was feeling really vulnerable and really bad about myself. I'm about to do these direct actions. I'm so scared, but I went to your page and you made me feel better. And their vulnerability with me allowed me to be vulnerable with them and say, you know, I was just wondering if this was a good thing for me to be doing. I didn't know. You know, it can be hard. And now we have made a connection, a really strong connection that's across the country that I think is going to possibly bloom into a really strong sort of solidarity between different parts of the movement. It's, very, very, it's a very, very exciting thing. And it all started with that single moment of deep vulnerability that she shared with me. Um, I think we need to be doing more of that. It's it's hard. It's really hard, but I think we do. In that vein, to walk the walk instead of just talking the talk, I decided this week to share with you my vulnerability, uh, which is really hard. and am scary, but I was thinking about it and um, praying on it and thinking, you know, meditating on it, and I think in the vein if if i believe what i think i believe that this radical vulnerability is in fact strength and can in fact bring us together and make the movement stronger then me being brave in this moment can do a lot of good right so i am severely mentally ill like sev- very badly mentally ill um 10 years ago i got dragged into the counselor's office in my school because a friend of mine caught me wandering around campus without shoes on talking to myself. It's pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. (laughs) So, I have not talked about this pretty much ever. Pretty much ever. Except in the last few weeks having people be vulnerable with me and having it cause, have this effect of making me feel stronger and I feel like making the movement stronger I've started talking to different friends about my mental illness problems. And the response has been to thank me. I didn't see that coming because I was so scared of being judged even by people that I love. And it's been incredibly heartwarming, the response. I don't know if I just happen to have specifically wonderful people in my life, but I think there are a lot of people. And then thinking back on the fact that we are all totally traumatized because of this society. That more people are suffering in silence than we realize, you know? So, yeah. So, I'm, just, I'm gonna tell you my story right now because I'm actually very proud of myself. I'm bipolar and I'm bisexual and a woman and a femme. And honestly, statistically, the odds of me still being alive at 30 years old are not great. (laughs) Like, being diagnosed with bipolar disorder is a potentially fatal diagnosis. It's a real serious thing. Especially in a culture that gives that sort of thing very little support. You know? Um, So, I have had friends ask me now that i have been more open about it and you know, I've had people ask me like well how did you how have you done it like if you were so so <laughs> so like fucked up how are you still here you know like how are you still kicking it's like you know that's that's a great question and it made me sort of think back on what I've done and how it is that I have survived the way that I have and thriving the way that I am now you know if you considered how how mentally ill I am And right now, I'm going to give myself some props, and I think we all should be doing that. Because if you're listening to this right now, it means that you are also surviving an insanely traumatic culture and whatever personal trauma that you've been through. So I'm going to give myself some pats on the back, and I hope that you give yourself some pats on the back because you're doing it right now. You're doing it. Okay? So, you know, I have a full-time job. I have friends. I have healed some rifts with my family. You know, I'm doing well with that. I even got halfway through a graduate program, which was very, very rigorous. I learned a lot. I ended up having to drop out because it was really ableist, which sucks. But there you go. That's just what happens. You know, I've had some successful relationships, you know, like I am a person in the world. I feel like this project is going very, very well for me right now. I am a successful community organizer. You know, I feel like I'm doing a lot of good. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm legitimately doing very well. And it has been a fucking road, (laughs) like, which I'm going to talk to you about right now. So, um, wandering around talking to myself without shoes on. Okay, let's start there. Um, how I've done it is my radical self-care is by any means necessary. By any means necessary, bam, is something anarchists talk about when we're fighting fascism and we're fighting oppression. I mean, you look at every tool in your toolbox. If you're dealing with something this serious, we seriously mean by any means necessary. So, because the world is not black and white, there is so much nuance, you know? Like, it would be lovely if you could just, um, you know, use the nice tools. (laughs) But so, the self-care that I'm talking about, the self-care that has kept me alive, is not necessarily very pretty (laughs) like it gets down and dirty like it gets it gets ugly you know and it's also integral and it's also important to understand how important context is and how important personal context is and how important it is to know that different situations and different individuals need different things at different times right so what do I do (laughs) what do I do what have I done One thing that I do now, and I still do generally a lot, um, is pace and talk to myself. So that's one of those behaviors that societally people are like, you look fucking crazy, you're a crazy person. It's like, well, yep, and that is a wonderful way of managing that mental illness because it's continuous movement. You know, one of the problems with serious depression especially is getting stuck, being immobilized. So, pacing looks crazy, that's just too bad, because it really, really helps. And as far as talking to myself, the part of having your brain kind of function not great, being not neurotypical, is I'm really neurotic, and I get stuck in loops in my head. Right? And so, talking to myself helps me unwind those loops. You know, it's sort of like therapy with myself, (laughs) So be gentle when you see people on the street Who are yelling at themselves Or are pacing Or walking around muttering to themselves Because even what that means is Yeah, they're probably dealing with mental illness But what you're actually seeing Is not the mental illness itself You're seeing the coping mechanism You're seeing the self-care You're seeing the reason that those people are not dead You know So that's just something to take into account Um, yeah That's really helpful. And actually, the podcast has been really great because instead of like rehashing terrible things in my mind right now, I've been practicing things to say on the podcast as my talking to myself stuff, which is awesome. So like try and find stuff like that, like instead of me just shaming myself or talking to myself all the time, it's like maybe I can find something better to talk to myself about. (laughs) And that's been really great. So that's one thing. Um burning myself. When I was just starting, this is one, this is one of those things that's like really looked down on, on society. People freak out. The self-harming. And that's for good reason. It can be really dangerous. It can be really bad. It can also, here's the thing that I'm talking about, by any means necessary, it can also be a survival technique. (laughs) Is it scary? Yeah. Is it violent? Yeah. It's also part of why I'm alive. Here's the thing about self-harm. Um, it helps because, again, it's the getting immobilized in depression. It's the getting stuck. It's getting, like, sunk in. And you need to, like, get out of that space. So, like, pain does that. It can, like, jumpstart you to, like, get you going. And also, if you get into a certain amount of pain, you get that endorphin rush, you know? So, you know, matches was my thing. Um... And there but there are societally sanctioned ways of doing this as well. I think tattoos. Tattoos hurt so good, right? Like that's why people love getting tattoos. Part of it is just the actual pain of getting a tattoo. That's a societally sanctioned way of getting that same rush. So, you know, matches bad, tattoos good. It's kind of arbitrary, I think. You know what I mean? Um, and then a lot of these a lot of these self care things were contextual at the time and I don't need them anymore. That's one of the things, is like They helped, and now I don't need them anymore. I haven't done that in a long time. Um, Yeah. Let's see. The no shoes thing. So, like, we talk about how scary it sounds that I was wandering on campus talking to myself without shoes on. I, that was a radical act of self-care. Because you know what that means? That means that I got out of my house to a public area where I could get help. You know? And how I did that was I just skipped shoes. Sometimes all those little steps can be... Any one of those little steps can be the hindrance that's too much to handle. It's just too much. (laughs) Like, it sounds silly. But sometimes having to think about the huge amount of work and pain and difficulty it's going to cause to try and put on shoes means that you're not going to function that day. So instead of letting myself just collapse because I can't handle putting on shoes... I would just not put on shoes. Same thing about showering or wearing pajamas outside. I got through college because occasionally um, I would show up to college in my pajamas, unshowered, without shoes on. You know what? I got to class. That's what I mean by any means necessary. That's what I mean, that's what we talk about, like, fuck societal norms. Okay? Fuck what society wants to think about how you do things. You know, that's, you know, who cares? I got to class, and I got my degree, and I did it in my pajamas. Who gives a shit? Right? Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, Just dressing up. That's a pretty normal one, I think. Looking good. Just at home. Um, MFM. I enjoy... <laughs> Again, this was, like, a societal norm. A leftist societal norm is, like, breaking gender norms. But, fuck, I really enjoy putting on, like, giant stilettos and cleaning my house. I'd, I'd like that. It's fun. I'd like it. <laughs> so, that's, you know, so that's a thing. Like, dressing up, looking nice just for yourself. Even, like, I'll put on sexy clothes to just watch TV. That's fun. It's nice. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing that I thought was really cute is I did that episode, the whole... Please, episode. (laughs) And it was a joke, right? It was like bad hauled music, elevator music for while I was on vacation. It is a really popular episode. (laughs) And you know what? I've listened to it three times. That terrible, like, smooth jazz is so relaxing. And I got the feeling that a lot of people felt the same way. I can't believe how many listens it got. A lot in Des Moines, Iowa. Is everybody okay out there? Y'all okay? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Des Moines really into smooth jazz. Great. That's fantastic. I'm very happy for you. Um, Yeah, oh here's a really fun one. Here's a really fun one. Um, Jacking off. Oh yeah. Yep. That one's really, really good. You know why? Because it is. (laughs) I think we can all agree. It's really good for you. And for me, here's a really, here's one, here's one that's really down and dirty that society totally thinks is fucked up and not good, which is crying while you masturbate. Yep, I just said that on the radio because you know what? It's fucking fantastic. It's so helpful. Yeah, do it. Do it. I Do it. Here's the thing. Why is it okay? Because it sounds really sad and pathetic. Because it's not at all. That is not at all what it is. When I'm dealing with sexual trauma and trying to work through that, it's self-love. It's reclaiming my body. And you get the endorphin rush again. And like in sort of a healthier way, honestly. You know? Um, the same thing people... Uh, sex, you know? with other people as well, obviously, is also, can be really, really great and really helpful for a lot of people, so when you get sex shamed for being slutty, like, well, fuck you, like, that's, do, do it, be slutty, it's great. Um, yeah, so yeah, Miss Catherine is giving all of you lovely people full permission to cry, to weep shamelessly while you jack your shit. Okay, hold on, I have to turn my oven off. So, there you go. That's my gift to you. Have fun with that. Um, yeah. So, I guess my point is that self-care, by any means necessary, surviving under this shitty culture, by any means necessary, is part of how we do activism, and it needs to be part of how we also take care of ourselves. (laughs) These things that I do Oh I got one more really good one This is a weird one too Um, Is walking around grocery stores I would just go and walk around grocery stores For hours um, By myself And I didn't realize what I was doing At the time And that's the thing is If you want to talk about a Taoist uncarved block Talk about somebody in the middle of like A depressive state Because I would just do stuff like a psychotic depressive state. I just do stuff. I don't know why I'm doing it. But now, after the fact, I can kind of figure out what sort of like crazy, why, why that particular type of crazy was actually super helpful and part of my ability to manage my problems. Because the walking around the grocery store staring at stuff thing, turns out, is kind of a mindfulness exercise. Because I'd go around and look at all of the food and kind of just taste it by looking at it and move to the next thing and just sort of taste it by looking at it. I was also in a public area and I was around people even if I wasn't like interacting with them. There were still people around which I think is good for you. Yeah, so, um, that one was really good. That's a really good one. Um, yeah. So, in that mode, um, (laughs) I want to share something with you that I recorded yesterday. Oh, (laughs) I, I was having a very bad day. I had a very bad day. I had a lot of really serious emotional labor to do that day. And you know how I did it is I fucking got day drunk and cried and felt very sorry for myself. I ate a lot of ice cream. I had some little Debbie's. I love those. Um, I, yeah, so I ate very badly. (laughs) I had like I got totally drunk in the middle of the day by myself alone at home. Um is this sound super helpful? Well, uh, okay, here's the thing though. Is that I did it with myself without shame. And also uh, by myself alone, I is a hard one lesson. That was a hard one lesson rather than sort of freaking out in public. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Oh, I got stories. I'm not going to tell them to you right now. Um so, because without shame, I was able to move through that moment. Is this a good idea for everybody? No. My point is, again, context. I know how to trust myself with certain things. I can trust myself with alcohol. Um, so, what I'm about to show you or li- help you listen to is not my highest point. Because I felt lonely and I decided to reach out to my audience and record a thing. You know, and it's, it's not yoga. This exercise did not improve my ass. It's it's not super pretty. It's not me at my best. Um, but it's also I realized after the fact was totally self care. I went and I am in sort of reaching out to community. And what I did is I went through and shared something important with me. I re- with you something important to me with you, and recentered on who I am and that I like myself. And uh, yeah, so here you go. Catherine. Catherine, Saturday afternoon, dealing with trauma. Hi, everybody. It's Catherine. I have got nothing for you this week. Nothing. It has been suggested to me that I should get a hobby. And when I say I have a hobby, they said I mean something nice, like a nice hobby, one that's not fighting fascism, or looking at all of the horrible shit that's happening in the world all the time. So I'm trying to figure that out. I might take a basket weaving or something, I don't know, I'll figure it out. Uh, I feel like I should give you something, so maybe I'm just going to read off every single book I have on my bookshelf, and y'all can get to know me a little bit better. I think that sounds fun. And from this point on... I think I'm going to be doing these shows bi-weekly instead of every week. Someone else said, wow, your team is so great for being so prolific and getting a podcast out every week. And uh, I don't have a team. It's just me. So that was maybe a sign that I might be working a little too hard. Um, Yeah, all right. So on to the show. I've got 101 uses for a dead cat. That's a great way to start this out. Uh, Buenas Noches Luna, Backstage Handbook, Seven Plays of the Modern Theater, Six Plays of Strindberg, Toads Theater of Cruelty, Dr. Faustus, Hyperbole and a Half, Snow, The Great Gatsby, Speak Memory by Nabokov, The Theater and Its Double, Antonine Artaud, Fences um, by August Wilson, the Book of Nonsense, Paul Jennings. Uh, Neil Gaiman, The Sandman Series. The Miracle Worker by William Gibson. Take the Cannoli, Sarah Vowell. The Tao of Pooh by Benjamin Hoff. Amédée, The New Tenant Victims of Duty by Ionesco. An Enemy of the People by Enric Ibsen, adapted by Miller. The Master and Margarita by Mikhail Bulgakov. Women Who Run with the Wolves, Myths and Stories of the Wild Woman Archetype by Clarissa Pinkola Estes, Ph.D. Uh, E.E. Cummings, 100 Selected Poems. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert M. Persig. Part Wild by Dwin Terrell. Schott's Original Miscellany, Ben Schott. The Impossible Will Take a Little While, Paul Roget Loeb. The World Until Yesterday, What What Can We Learn from Traditional Societies by Jared Diamond. Deep Economy by Bill McKibben. Carpe Jugulum by Terry Pratchett, Animal Farm, George Orwell, The Trial by Franz Kafka, Joy of Cooking, uh, Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon, Ratio, Michael Ruhlman, Puppy Training and Care, The More Child by McGraw, Holes by Lewis Sacker, Selected Poems and Prefaces by William Wordsworth, of Williams Wordsworth, uh, Tro- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl, Faith and Practice. Uh, Come Hell or High Water, A Handbook on Collective Process Gone Awry by Delfina Venucci and Richard Singer. Where was I? Okay, Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Persuasion by Jane Austen. D. H. Lawrence, England by England and Other Stories. The Man Who Cried I Am, John A. Williams. War of the Worlds, H. G. Wells. The Ultimate A to Z Bar Guide, Erbst and Erbst. Doreen Kelly, The Last Bride in Ballymere. Harry Potter and the Prisoners of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. Why Science Does Not Disprove God by Amir de Ag- Agsel. Pale Fire by Nabokov. The Sacred Circle Tarot by Franklin and Mason. Michael Bun, Wonder Boys. Paradise Lost by John Milton. My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Lost Christianities. The Battles for Scripture and the Phase We Never Knew by Ehrman. The Bible is Literature, 5th Edition by Gable, Wheeler, York, and Satino. Free Speech, a very short introduction. Uh, the Constitution of the United States of America. The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. Let's see, we've got some little things here. American Quakers Perspectives on History series, edited and introduced by Wim Coleman. Uh, Pendle Hill Pamphlets, number one, Cooperation and Coercion as Methods of Social Change. Pemble Hill pamphlet. Which one is this? Number uh, does it, number three, Value of Voluntary Simplicity and Religious Solution to the Societal Problem by Harold Her- Britton. The Eyes of the Skin, Architecture and the Senses, J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter y la Piedra Filosofal. Learn Spanish with Stories for Beginners, The Holy Book of Women's Mysteries, The Real Vocal Book, the Jazz Book, uh, Dreams of the Rare But Fiend by McCoy, Socialist and Labor Songs, an International Revolutionary Songbook, edited by Elizabeth Morgan, preface by Utah Williams, Utah Phillips. Okay, The Forbidden Door by Lee Hire, Essential Klimt, May I Feel? Said He by a poem by E. e. Cummings, The Farside Gallery Three, Something Under the Bed Is Drooling, which is Calvin and Hobbes by Watterson. Attack of the Deranged Mutant Killer, Monster, Snowgoons, Watterson. Um, What is this? Picasso, Master of the New Idea. Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bradbury. Undine. Naming Convention by John W. Ogilvie. The Street of Crocodiles by Bruno Schultz. How to Be Sick by Tony Bernhard. Life of Pi, Jan Martel. The Princess Bride by William Goldman. What the what by Eggers? Oh, sorry. What is the what? She's so funny by Brown. The truth, Terry Pratchett. The sixth wife, Susanna Dunn. The worldly philosophers by Robert L. Heilbrunner. Uh, tiny home, simple shelter by Lloyd Kahn. Little book of hand shadows. The story of a fierce bad rabbit. What are these? These are little tiny books. Um, kannst du nicht schlafen, Kleiner Bar, Kabuki Theater, Robertson Davies, A Gathering of Ghost Stories, Aristophanes' Lysistrata, The Constitution, again, oh, so weird, um, Universal Declala- Declaration of Human Rights, Know Your Rights Demonstration and Protests, little thing, History of the World in Six Glasses, Holy Bible, the Cl- King James Study Bible. A waste of time by Rick Worley. Fun home by Alison Bechdel. <laughs> what is this? The last unicorn by Peter Beagle. Um, it's a bird by Steven Siegel and Teddy Christensen. Snowpiercer, the escape, Snowpiercer two, the explorers, long night's nice journey, uh, Angel comic book, Johnny the homicidal maniac, a bunch of those. Making Sense of Car Care by John Nielsen. Theater Lighting Before Electricity, Lengthening the Day. A Season in Hell and the Drunken Boat by Arthur Rimbaud. The Bean Trees by Barbara, Barbara Kingsolver. Ayn Rand, The Virtue of Selfishness. Ugh. The Line of Beauty by Alan Hollinghurst. Awakenings, Oliver Sacks. Bel Canto by Anne Patchett. Sarah Rule, The Clean House and Other pa- Plays. <coughs> the Plays of Strindberg. Candide, Reading Lolita in Tehran, On the Move by Oliver Sacks. All of my yearbooks, you don't have to read those. The Ecology of Building Materials, that one's fun. The Checklist Manifesto. Let's see, let's go to another bookshelf. Is this fun? Are you having fun? I'm having fun. All right. Design Like You Give a Damn, The Secret History, Donna Tartt, The Book Thief by Zusak, Mean Little Deaf Queer, A Memoir, The Best American Science Writing, 2008, Electric Universe, David Bodanis, The Best American Science Writing, 2012, Portnoy's Complaint by Philip Roth, Don't Even Think About It, George Marshall, A Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Toole, wonderful book, Um, The Anarchist Expropriators by Bayer, War and Peace, by, uh, you know, Tolstoy. Okay. Wolf Hall, Hilary Mantel. Wicker, Wicked by Gregory Maguire. When We Were Good by Cantwell. Physics and the Arts. Russian Fairy Tales. The Invention of Air by Stephen Johnson. Absurdistan by Gary Steingart. Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell. Hundred Secret Senses by Amy Tan. The Journey Home by Edward Abbey. Augustine Burroughs' Magical Thinking. East of Eden by John Steinbeck. The Scarlet Pimpernel by Baroness Orsi, one of my faves. I like that book. Even though it's about saving the bourgeois, it's still a great book. Okay. The Fortress of Solitude by Jonathan Lethem. Ender Shadow, Orson Scott Card. All of the Lord of the Rings. Blueprint for Revolution by Sergei Popovic. Squatting in Europe by the Europe Collective. Subversive Orthodoxy by In Chousty. hmm Fragments of an Anarchist Anthropology by David Graeber, The World is a Ghetto, Race and Democracy Since World War II by Winnant, Dorothy Day, The Long Loneliness, The Forging of a Rebel by Arturo Barea, Hegemony How-To, A Roadmap for Radicals by Smucker. Work, Capitalism, Economics, Resistance by Crime Think, I think this is Crime Think, yeah, Um, Debt, The First 5,000 Years by David Graeber, The Complete Works of Malatesta, A Long and Patient Work, Prison Memoirs of an Anarchist, Alexander Berkman, Working Class Series Post-Scarcity Anarchism by Murray Bookchin Violence and Anarchism, Freedom Press Radical Christian Writings edited by Bradstock and Rowland Redefining Realness by Janet Mock Working Class Series What is Anarchism by Alexander Berkman Anthropology, Ecology, and Anarchism a Brian Morris Reader Chomsky on Anarchism Anarchist Studies, Volume 14 which is all about religion, I think the Black Flag of Anarchy by Scribners Dispossessed, Ursula K. Le Guin Oppose and Propose, Andrew Cornell A couple Jacobins Bravehearts, Whistleblowing in the Age of Snowden People's History of the United States by Hearts Inn. This is an Uprising by Mark and Paul Engler Nonviolence Ain't What it Used to Be by McFessel Sean McFessel uh, White Teacher in a Black School By Robert Kendall Flapstick Kurt Vonnegut Nicholas Sparks, Nights in Rodent The World According to Garp by John Irving, The Graduate, Charles Webb, Eugene Onegin by Pushkin, The Sound and the Fury by William Faulkner, Um, The Lazarus Project by Alexander Heeman, Sweet Thursday by Steinbeck, The Woman Lit by Fireflies, Jim Harrison, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, a Margaret Cho, I've chosen to stay and fight. Welcome to the urban revolution, new how cities are changing the world. What is this? Huh. The dangers of passion, the transcendental friendship of Ralph Waldo Emerson and Margaret Fuller. Um, Comet Bus, A Glove on My Heart by Judith Reynolds Brown, Player Piano by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. I Am Malala by Malala Yousafi. Steel Like an Artist, by Austin Cleone, uh, William Blake Poetry, Civil Disobedience and Other Essays, On Aggression by Conrad Lawrence, Tom Robbins, Jitterbug Perfume, The Salmon of Doubt, Douglas Adams, Difficult Loves, um, Control Out the Lead, An Anti-Fascist Report on the Alternative Right, Confronting Fascism, Discussion Documents for a Militant Movement, Queer Ultraviolence, Abridged, Bash Back, Anthology, Against the fascist creep, uh, Alexander Reed Ross. And then I have a shitload of fucking zines. Accounting for Ourselves, Breaking the Impasse Around Assault and Abuse and Anarchist Scenes, Direct Action Survival Guide, An Anarchist Guide to Basic First Aid, Black Cross, Health Collective, Three-Way Fight, Revolutionary Anti-Fascism and Armed Self-Defense, Take Care, Giant Knife on the Cover. Peace now, peace later. That's P-I-E-C-E and then P-E-A-C-E. Very clever. An anarchist introduction to firearms. On women and violence, burning women, the European witch hunts, enclosure and the rise of capitalism. Is America ready for a municipalist movement? The Portland Assembly. Colonization is always war. Defend a way of life. Uh, Americans, Taliban, it, America's Taliban, in its own words, Dave, David W. Irish. Pagan Christ by Joseph McCabe. Christianity and slavery by Joseph McCabe. Humboldt Free Radio Alliance thing. Enemy combatant publications, winter 2017 catalog, houseless, resource drive, uh, libertarian municipalism and overview, let's Rip city, oh, this is all, um, um, Portland assembly stuff. Accomplices, not allies, abolishing the ally industrial complex and indigenous perspective. Free speech FAQ, not your grandfather's anti-fascism. My crime thing. The illegitimacy of violence, the violence of legitimacy. This is not a dialogue, notes on anti-fascism and free speech. Um, those are copies. and Antifa, Frequently Asked Questions, The Civilian's Guide to Direct Action. We are all very anxious. Six theses on anxiety and why it is effectively preventing militancy and one possible strategy for overcoming it. Um, resist the grand juries, fight the green scare, the divorce of thought from deed. Uh, when the police, knock on your door. So... Um, don't try and talk to me about any of these books, because I haven't read them. I actually only keep books that I haven't read, except for ones that are really important or that I'm using for notes or research. So, yeah. All the ones that I have read, I generally give away. So, yeah. Um, that's it for now, I guess. Until next week. Next week's actually going to be pretty cool, because I got interviewed by the Eugene Weekly. And, uh, this week, but the requirement was that I won't release that interview until they release the story in the weekly next week. So that interview will be happening next week, which I have for you. I'm pretty excited. Um, There's a chance I'll be on the cover. Not really sure. That could be exciting. (laughs) That happens. Anyway, I'm going to be in the article, so watch out for that. I'll be posting it on my Facebook page, too, which I have one, by the way. If you are somebody who's listening and not on my Facebook page, there is a Friendly Anarchism Facebook page. I also have a Twitter account. At friend anarchism. Okay, alright. Well, see you in a bit. Alright, bye. So, that was fun. To continue the story is that I did not get stuck there. What happened after that moment is I let myself rest still. I took a nap and then I actually made myself some nachos which is still not maybe the perfect food, but is still food. Because I went, I let myself go to that place without shame of just being a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> shame. And once I was a dumpster fire, I was able to get it out of my system, pull back out, eat some nachos, kind of chill out. Then later I went and hung out with some friends. And their baby, and danced. Nothing like a little baby dancing, fucking adorable. That was yesterday. And then today, I got up, and I went to meeting. My friends' meeting. Um, I had a really nice meeting. It was a silent meeting, which means nobody gave a vocal ministry. It was really rich. I actually bought some vegetables. I'm cooking myself some real food. Um, I'm cleaning my house. You know, I'm finishing this episode, and um, I wanted to mention really quickly, too, that part of my journey through bipolar disorder, a very important part of it has been medicine. Um, I was on lithium for seven years, and that's, again, part of the by any means necessary, because lithium sucks so bad. It's really has, <laughs> the side effects are super shitty. You um, Basically, I was hungry and nauseous. At the same time, pretty continuously, I gained like thirty pounds, fifty pounds, yeah, twenty pounds of that was because I worked at Starbucks though, so was, like I don't know if that counts. Um, you know, it's it means you have to get blood draws once a month, and when you're dealing with structural violence, part of structural violence can be that little stuff. Um, bad healthcare doesn't just mean. Like having mean doctors or not being able to get, um, not being able to get an appointment. Bad healthcare system <laughs> means um, having student phlebotomists stab you with cheap needles, and a cheap needle is like a 12 gauge needle made of bad metal. Sometimes they would have what are called spurs or barbs, which are just as fun as they sound and I would get, like, six, seven, eight-inch bruises on the inside of my elbows. This is what structural violence sounds like. (laughs) Being stabbed with a needle six times and ending up with giant fucking bruises. I did get one, one time, on my left arm that looked exactly like the UK. That was pretty sweet. I did have to pop myself to get Northern Ireland in there, you fuckers. Um, that's okay. It's fine. So I wanted—I just wanted to make sure I mentioned the fact that medicine was very important to me. I'm now on um, Lamotrigine, which is the Lamictal generic, which I really do love. I am happy that I went to—I'm—I'm I'm glad though that I did lithium. It did break my thyroid also, so now I have hypothyroidism forever because it's a salt and it's really bad for your system. But and I do—I've done therapy continuously for 10 years. Um, almost every week if I could, unless barring insurance problems or whatever. but then I would do group. Like I've been therapy and medicine have been staple parts of my um, my self-care and doing well as well. I just wanted to make sure that I got that out there as well. Um, yeah. So, which is again, all of this stuff is personal. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to push medicine on anybody. It's been, a, but it I, for my personal story, it's been a very, very important part of it. So, <clears throat> again, moving back to sort of how I'm moving through it, though, and how I'm dealing with the trauma right now is then today I was able to move forward. And I wanted to talk about the idea in our culture. It's just so speedy that you can just fix yourself with like an hour of, Self-care, like you go on a hike and you're fine. Um, We talk about Sabbath. There's a really great um, sermon done by Tim Keller. He is problematic. He definitely is problematic. But this particular sermon was really good about the Sabbath. And the fact that our current culture is just insanely naive about what it takes to do self-care and be a sane human in a crazy world. That people, you know, um, the Jewish culture and other cultures, religious cultures, have strict rules about Sabbath and about community care because it's understood that you need to have functional people to have a functional society and being a functional person in such a fucked up world is really complicated and hard and so the idea of the week of these Sabbath rites is that it takes a long time to move through these problems and the worse your problems the longer it takes so like this like self-care situation is a, like you need like you need a week like you need a good amount of time to do it which is really hard again in a society that steals our time so um yeah so sabbath rules the sabbath rules are to do three things the first thing being contemplation the second thing to be something outside with friends or fun. And the third thing being absolutely nothing. I love that. I love that the third one is just nothing. <laughs> like, that's an important part of doing okay as well. Is just sometimes fucking just turning off. I think that's what that elevator music was, and that's what cat videos are. Yeah, they're fucking great. I love cat videos. So after you've done this sort of personal self-care, the next part of that... Is widening the lens you know this has all been very sort of like self-centered and I don't mean that in like self-centered but just like centered on the self the next part of being okay is starting to move into a larger perspective you know other people like you like being around other people like you so like going and seeing my friends Um, Having a strong collective, having my neighborhood anarchist collective is really important to me. Um, Having that support, having an activist community support for people doing the same kinds of things that you're doing, who can understand your situation is really important. So I hope that we continue to try and build these community structures and like reaching out to each other and making sure that people have a place to go in the activist community for support. Um your family, and your friends, you know, like, don't neglect them either, but you can't take care of other people until you take care of yourself, so that's just sort of the way that I have learned to function is in this order, is you start in on yourself, and then as you start feeling better, you can widen out the lens, and again, this is all contextual, people have their different ways of handling things, and their different ways of moving through trauma and moving through your self-care and part of this is just learning what works for you specifically and listening to ourselves you know like what works for me what doesn't work for me you know what weird ass things work for me and I'm not going to shame myself for them so after sort of like widening the lens out to other people like us then there's literature and podcasts and other worlds You know, like, one of the most important, a very, very important moment for me in my journey was of feeling not alone and feeling like I could actually survive bipolar disorder was the word, was the um, book Marbles, Mania, Depression, Michelangelo and Me, a graphic memoir by Ellen Forney. Fucking fantastic book, and it helped me feel understood and not alone. And there's a lot of literature out there by wonderful people all over the place that can speak to your condition see that's me cooking food for myself shepherd's pie yeah so I suggest too that to make sure that you like reach out into the world of art and literature and music and find other people and other types of things that speak to your conditions so you don't feel alone um, especially if you don't have community you know if that isn't something that's very available to you you don't have family or friends around you know there are the world is still a big place there are people all over the place there i promise there is somebody else somewhere that is feeling the way that you're feeling you know but then i think the most important part and this is something well i mean this is all important but it took me getting to that really dark place to sort of come back up with this and remember and realize to refocus on community service, on living in service, and direct service to other people. Feeding the poor, you know, prisoner support, punching Nazis. These are direct service acts. And when we are living in service to other people, that is some of the best self-care we can do because it just feeds your soul. You know, one of the people that... Has reached out to me, who's having a really hard time, and now um, I feel very close to, even though we just met over the internet. You know, she just messaged me. She said, at one point, you know, like I'm not gonna be able to talk with you right now. I need to do my own emotional labor. I need to go do prison support. I need to go do prisoner support. Like, what a beautiful person, and what a beautiful type of way of dealing with stress. Wouldn't be a wonderful world. If everybody dealt with stress by saying, I need to go take care of other people right now, I feel like shit. I've got to go take care of other people. (laughs) Like, that's beautiful. You know, um, I wish her all the best. I hope she's doing okay. So yeah, I'm going to try and do more direct service now. And I think I mentioned it in my little blurb back there, um, that I'm going to start doing the podcast probably bi-weekly instead of every week. Um, I really enjoy doing the podcast, so it doesn't necessarily feel like work, but let's be honest, it is work, it's, it takes editing, it takes time, so, yeah, so I'm probably, I'm going to start moving to doing bi-weekly, or maybe just kind of whenever I feel like it, it's an anarchist podcast, so it doesn't come out regularly, like, whatever, it's too bad, that's my rules, so, (laughs) yeah, um, (laughs) it's, I think it's hard for us to, because, one thing that people don't really understand about anarchists and all of our drama and all of our intensity is that we are just we're hopeless romantics. That's kind of what it comes down to. I saw a really sweet quote on Twitter that said hopeless romantics grow up to be anarchists. And so part of like loving myself and loving my intensity and my self-care about How I can be so up and so down and so emotional. Um, It's partly that I'm just fucking, I'm a hopeless, hopeless romantic. And I think a lot of us are the same way. You know, especially the further black flag you get, it just gets worse and worse. You know, anarcho socialists are definitely romantics in this way this utopianist romanticism where we can have a beautiful world, you know, without oppression, without pain. Where everybody gets along, you know, that's very romantic, but you get into sort of the more black flag, and it gets to the point where it's like, I am so full of love, I just want to burn everything down, <laughs> and if you, if you, if, if you don't understand what I just said, it means that you're not a hopeless romantic, and I'm very happy for you, because it's a horrific way to try and live your life, <laughs> it's it's horrific I have to schedule in oh yeah another part of myself I have to schedule in time to gaze out a window at the rain and cry silently at the simultaneous beauty and pain of the world and if I don't schedule that shit in I um it'll happen at work so it's we're so funny I love I love you all I love you all so much I was listening to the soul cast which is a great podcast um by MC Soul. And at one point, he's talking about the need for violent revolution. And then 10 minutes later, he's saying the most revolutionary thing he does is sit in his backyard, look at the sunflowers, and read poetry. <laughs> so, um, we do have specifically can have a hard time, I think, with the self care and with the self love because we're all just sad artists and poets trying to save the world (laughs) so I think it's especially especially important for us working under incredibly stressful conditions um, working as people that are really passionate and who can just spend the emotional energy all over the place to sort of try and just refocus on direct service on loving ourselves and caring for ourselves on loving and caring for each other on trying to create a culture of radical vulnerability and uh yeah we're gonna be okay we're gonna breathe we're gonna be okay all right i love you all like pancakes bye